Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. You might not remember me. It's been a long time since I potted, but my name is Mike Samuelson. I'm coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's good to have you On back. The couch. It's good to be back. I love, I love potting. I hate not potting, so I'm just happy to be here. Uh, you, you know, if you had video, you still wouldn't be able to see a smile on my face because I'm using my pot filter like a good podcaster. One person who may or may not be using his pot filter is Colin Smith from the Swamp. Colin. I'm just gonna bring it to you raw this time. Just we're gonna see how it goes. Um, I'll try not to say any P's or B sounds. We'll, we'll yep. see how that goes. Um, I'm in the shed, obviously, auxiliary shed B. It's very spacious in here today because uh, auxiliary shed B is also uh, beach uh, storage for the Smith family. Okay. okay. And uh, that has recently, we've recently acquired more beach items, namely a beach wagon. Uh, nice. But right now it's all in the trunk. So we went to the beach today, uh, got everything out of the shed, really okay, went, does- went at it at the beach today does the um, beach wagon have any kind of um wording on it any kind of maybe you know personalization yes on it? yes my wife uh we we discussed getting a beach wagon and she sent me the uh website of radio flyer and it's like you can create your own one it's like if you've created a, a car online before because you were like thinking oh i might want to buy this kind of car or something you go and you can click through the options and be like, oh, this is a thousand dollars extra or whatever. It's the yeah. be, it's the wagon version of that, right? Do you want an awning? Do you want a thing to hold the toys? Do you want a thing to hold your drink? Do you want this color or that color? Do you want the bigger wheels or the regular wheels? Like, there's all the options. Definitely the big wheels. Obviously. And um, she sent me that link and I said, yeah, get one of these. I didn't. We didn't discuss the options. I felt like, you know, I. Get the big wheels. That's obvious. But then beyond that, whatever you think. Who cares? Yeah. Do you, boo. But in the demo of that, they have an uh, the awning, the sunshade, I think is, is they call it, whatever, goes over the kids who are in the wagon. And it says in the demo of it, I believe it says the Smith family because the, the you know, last name Smith is, yeah. you know, Smith. And I thought, oh, that's funny. But also... Well, my wife would not ever want to put the Smith family on it. Like, that is too cheesy. Ours shows up, and she has the Smith family on it. I was very surprised, as surprised as you are. And I love uh, to think that it's like the the floor room or the floor model. Yeah. Just like, and you know, you can have your manager, you can have like your, you know, your personalization here. It could say like the Smith family, and then you show up, and you're like, can we just get that we'll one? Get that that one. one right there. We pay. are actually the Smith family, so mm-hmm. we'll take that one. We'll take that one. So yeah, we took that one right from uh right from the showcase or whatever, right from, right from the the display window. Uh, love it. So, so we love the beach wagon. Highly recommended uh, for anyone with more than one child or one child and some stuff. Uh, yeah. It's really the the best best way to go to the beach. Uh, yeah. You don't even have to be a child to ride in those. I mean, if the photos I saw are correct, you could fit you know a decent sized grown person in there. Yes, you could. Fit- Personally, I would like to be pulled in a wagon. As much as possible. Yeah, I, I think the weight limit on that is uh, adult friendly. Like, I think you could, you could you could get an adult in there. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. So, but I, I got a lot of room in here. I got a lot of elbow room. I'm happy about that. I'm happy to be potting. I'm happy to be back from the beach. Um, and you know, full of hot dogs, basically. Let's go. Oh, beautiful. 
I know you got a warm up, but before before we have a warm up, I just have to. It's been a while since I've given you know an activities update because yeah, as longtime listeners of the pod know, you, like last time was skiing. Yeah, skiing, skiing. That's a winter activity. We're we're now into late spring, summer in many parts of the country. Uh, recovering from an injury, but this weekend. Got back on the activity bandwagon, did Ooh. a little bit of mountain biking for the first time. Ooh. Absolutely loved it. It was wow. so fun. Uh, turns out, I was like immediately looking up like, okay, how much is a mountain bike? Maybe I will get these. They're a lot more than skis. They're mm. like five to eight times more. So I will not be buying a mountain bike, but uh, I highly recommend if you're looking for something fun to do, go find a little mountain bike. You know, set of trails, rent a mountain bike for a half day or a day. You will have an incredible time. It's uh, basically skiing, but in the summer and maybe more fun. Sounds sounds awesome. I mean, I've I've been pitched mountain biking before as, oh, you'd like this. I've never gone. But this week, uh, one of the executives that I work with at my work uh, showed up on a, on a call with his arm in a sling. Ooh. And uh, yeah, mountain biking accident. And I was like, oh, did you have to like walk out of the woods? He's like, no, I rode back. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. And he was like, yes. And then I had later had a follow-up meeting with someone else. And we both discussed the fact that this person had gotten hurt in a mountain bike accident and, and rode out with a separated shoulder. And uh, it was like, yeah, nobody's surprised by that. That dude's super is intense. It, like, yeah. <laughs> of course, he is a older dude who still mountain bikes on the weekends and separates his shoulder. Uh, that's yeah. the vibe. That's the vibe. So I'm not it just as far as that's concerned. Like you know, your vibe is pretty uh, easy on your body. You don't I like mean, to go too hard. There's I, this is why I'm surprised. There's you know, it's like skiing. I think I've never actually downhill skied, but I've heard that you know there's ratings for each trail. Mm. And so we were staying on gotcha. you know the the easy and the medium ratings. Uh, I went over like a 12 foot section of a hard rating or a hard. So like the third out of fourth. And I was like, yep, this is pretty hard. I'm going to stick to, you know, not go chasing waterfalls, stick to the rivers and lakes. I'm used yeah, to, I see. Um, but there was a part of one of the easy trail trails that goes directly adjacent to like the super hard double black diamond trail. And it was literally like a, it was like a dock on a lake where there's no water and it just drops off like 12 feet but you just ride your bike off that. And I just thought like, Oh my God, that is, yeah, that's how you break your arm right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could definitely do it on an easy trail, but it's much more difficult. Yeah. And your boys, your boys not trying to get up on, on the hards. The, the easies were fun as hell. The mediums were also fun as hell. Uh, also riding a bike that like when you hit the gear switch, just immediately switches gears. Not used to that. Yeah. Like a modern, my, my shitty yeah, town yeah, bike. yeah. That's, heavy and crappy but anyway it's great love it sounds great i'm loving these minutes that's these minnesota activity updates are very <laughs> minnesota I thought, I thought you were gonna say that your your boss was like yeah we're gonna do a group outing to go mountain biking i was like oh that sounds incredible like group outing but you can just kind of ride on your own plus your company's just paying for the whole thing you should definitely take advantage of that but that's that does um, sound decent that does sound decent you need to pitch that to your crazy boss all right, give us the give us the intro here. All right, the intro. In the spirit of last time that I we I did a two man pod, I think it was a couple of weeks ago uh, with Dan, and I basically just gave him a quiz. Uh, I'm just gonna give you a quiz, and I thought what would be at that time it was 
Premier League uh, because the Premier League had wrapped that week. Now, today, we're obviously going to talk more about the U.S. Men's National Team. So we're just going to start with a little U.S. Men's National Team quiz um, and keep it just as, like, as simple as possible for the listeners because I felt like that's where we aired it at all in, in the quiz last time. Yeah. We got a little Keep it as simple convoluted. as possible for the, the podcasters, too. Yeah, exactly. Great, Great point. Uh, underrated concern uh, is I'm just going to give you – Two names. I tried to make them basically players who, you know, play the same position or are in some ways comparable. And you're going to tell me who has more caps for the U.S. And then uh, I'll follow that up in some cases. I like it. I All like right. it and I'm ready for it. All right. So we're going we're gonna to move uh, through the field. So we're going to start up top. Who has more caps for the United States men's national team? Josie Altador or Eric Winalda? Uh, I'm going to say Josie. I mean, he played for a long time. He came in early. He had like a good 15-year run. Josie had a 12-year run. Eric Winalda had a 10-year run. Yeah, Josie like had that. more caps. That's correct. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Um, and who had more goals? Uh, definitely Josie. We were better then. He played for longer. Yep, yeah, you're right. You're right. Josie had 42. Eric Winalda had 34, though. Like, that's closer than I would have thought. Yeah, that's solid. All right. Uh, staying up front with two Everton legends, Joe Max Moore or Brian McBride? More more caps? Yeah, more caps. Uh, Got to be McBride. Just a better player. Both Everton legends. Only one is a Fulham legend. Uh, that's incorrect. Joe Max Moore has 100 caps in the U.S. Men's National Team. Brian McBride has 95. So it's close. Oh, that but, did feel like a trap. It felt too easy. Uh, welcome to Houston. Uh, <laughs> who has more goals? I mean, if McBride doesn't have more goals, I'll, I'll go eat a cookie after this. Eat up. I know you're just going to eat cookies either way. Uh, <laughs> because you're correct. Brian McBride has more goals. 30 to 24. Again, 100 caps and 24 goals for Joe Max Moore. Uh, I can remember about one of those. Um, <laughs> feels like a lot of like uh, you know home to El Salvador friendly caps. Yeah, must be for like, friendly goals. I imagine. I don't know, but I mean, you got to give the guys due. Like uh, underrated, underrated. Uh, easy. All right, now we're gonna softball right here. Uh, Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey? More caps. More caps. Gotta be Landon. Correct. And who has more goals? Even. It's a tie. Correct. At? 57? Correct. Yeah. Well done. This is a man who reads his Wikipedia. All right. Um, Now we're going to move back into the midfield. Uh, Jermaine Jones or Alejandro Bedoya? Ooh. 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 Uh, I feel like Jones didn't actually start playing for the U.S. until like pretty late into his career. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bedoya handily has more caps. Uh, Jermaine Jones has more caps. Okay, wrong. No, you're wrong. Gotta mark is that it, one in red. Is it even close? Uh, it is close. Uh, Jermaine Jones has 69 caps. Bedoya has 66. I feel like when you did this with Dan, you were asking him to just pick one player out of like a whole league, like mm-hmm. who who had the most goals, yep. and he got like half of them right. 
and you're just giving me a 50% chance and I've gotten like half of them right. So, well, I'm keeping score, so I'll tell you how many you got right at the end. Uh, who had more goals? Jones or Bedoya? Yeah. Uh, Bedoya. Ah, uh, Jones. God, how many goals did he have? He like never scored a goal. More. He had like that one goal in the World Cup. Yeah, that one goal in the World Cup, but uh, Alejandro Bedoya only scored two goals for the U.S. Men's National Team. Wow. Pretty stunning in 66 caps and playing like, I mean, basically right wing. Like, yeah. It makes right you appreciate Joe Max more. I mean, yeah, sure, I he's a striker, but yes. at least his, he's his goal ratio is like yeah. 15 times better than Bedoya. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, staying in the midfield, Jeff Cameron or Kyle Beckerman? Uh, oh. Obviously, Jeff Cameron. Not always in the midfield, but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not just midfield caps for Jeff Cameron. I'm I'm gonna say Cameron. I feel like Beckerman also like didn't have a very long career, but he shined so brightly. Uh, you're wrong. Kyle Beckerman. Man, it's tough. Kyle Beckerman had 58 caps. Jeff Cameron had 55. And then who had more goals? Uh, I'm going to say Cameron again. I'm just going to keep saying Cameron until I get something right. That's correct. Good. Because I don't want any more Jeff Cameron questions. Although Kyle Beckerman had a goal for the U.S. Men's National Team. Quite, quite surprised by that, honestly. Like, when did he... <laughs> When did he get within 30 yards of the goal? Like, who led yeah. him that close to the goal? I mean, how many like forward passes was he even making? Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Um, all right. Uh, last outfielder duo. Still in the midfield. I'd never, I couldn't figure out one that I liked for uh, in the back line. Sorry to all my, back there. my U.S. Men's National Team defender heads. Uh, Claudio Reyna or Michael Bradley? Who had more caps? Bradley. That is correct. Uh, by, by a good margin. Michael Bradley, is one of the, Michael Bradley is one of the most capped ever. So. Uh, Michael Bradley had 151 caps to Claudia Reynolds, only 112. Um, I mean, that's still a 12-year run. Pretty good. Michael Bradley, only a 13-year run. Kind of shows you the difference in how many games we play, maybe. Um, and then who had more goals? Uh, also got to be Bradley. I feel like Reyna, deep line player. Yeah, Michael Bradley did have that run at playing at the 10. So, yes, he did. He had a lot more goals. 17 to 8. All right. Now we'll just have one at the goalkeeper position. Uh, I didn't want to belabor this one. Uh, Casey Keller or Tony Miola? I know Keller, well, no in quotes. Pretty sure Keller got to 100 caps, and I feel like that is a shitload for a goalkeeper. So I'm going to say Keller. You're right. This one surprised me um, because I feel like my, in my memory, it's like Tony Miola was the guy for a while, whereas Casey Keller always had. Uh, he was always like the second, second guy. Well, or battler. battling. Yeah, yeah. Um, that Friedel was always there. And then towards the end of his career, um, Tim Howard as well. So yeah. it surprised me that uh, Casey Keller did have more 102 to 100, by the way. Uh, caps than Tony Miola. But yeah, Tony Miola gets screwed by the fact that he was the keeper for uh, a lot of years at Oregon. We didn't play a lot of games um, because Tony Miola had like a 18-year career with the men's national team. Holy crap. Yeah. 
That 19, is ridiculous. 1988 to 2006. I mean, to be fair to Casey Keller, he had a 17-year career. So both of those are that. I mean, you just feel like that is. Uh, I would I would love to see a list of guys with the longest span of time between their first cap and their last cap. I mean, it can't be that much more than 18 years. That's true. I mean, can we do uh, all of like, uh, whatever, all of international soccer? Because I feel yeah, like Gigi, yeah, yeah. Gigi Buffon like probably has a ridiculous one. He was super young when he made his debut. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tim Howard had more appearances than both those guys. So uh, only 15 year span of time, but he was kind of more the number, the sure number one there. So that's it. That's all I got for you. Let's see. Let's count them up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Correct against four wrong. Not so bad. Not so bad. Turned it on at the end. Felt worse than I thought. For those playing at home, Gigi Buffon, 21-year career, 97 to 2018. That is how you do it, folks. Yeah, 21-year career playing for the Italian national team. Yeah, just, you know, but small country like Italy. Yeah, exactly. doesn't, Doesn't really count. Uh, love it. I love I love the the two man quizzes, which is really just a one man quiz. Um, all right, we gotta. I feel like it's the first podcast since the Champions League final. We have to at least mention it. Uh, Real Madrid one, Liverpool zero. Colin, just give me give me your thoughts here. We know you're a big Liverpool fan, so this must have hurt. Yeah, but other than that, how are you feeling? I mean. I did the emotional hedge and I bet Dan some socks that uh, I need. I, you know, I was on the side of Liverpool in that sock bet. Um, obviously, as an emotional hedge, so there's that. I was feeling good about the fact that Liverpool didn't win. Obviously, I'm happy to give Dan some Mister Rogers socks. Um, Those are good socks. He's a special one. Uh, so, you know, there's that. Um, I it's one of these deals where it's like. Well, I mean, to me, the narrative is Madrid are not an impressive version of Madrid or the best version of Madrid, yet they win the Champions League. It's amazing that they do that. How do they do that every year? It doesn't make any sense. It will never make sense. Um, You can, like, take your favorite explanation of, you know, destiny or, oh, they've been there before, they know how to win or whatever you want, maybe, like, uh, the pool of other teams is not as strong right now. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They just do it. Um, hats off to them. Um, I don't think it actually really reflects on Liverpool that much. Uh, I think they're still a great team, unfortunately for me. Um, I don't think it reflects on Klopp or whatever. It was <clears throat> not a dominating performance by Madrid. So it's not like it reflects in that nature of like, oh, maybe Spain is better than England or something like like uh, when what's trying to remember the year two thousand eleven maybe like when really good Barcelona like pretty much played Rooney and Manchester United off the pitch I think three to one um, or maybe that was two zero I don't know but you know it wasn't one of those where you like really felt like oh this is a global soccer moment in uh, in a certain way it was just like oh two very good teams and it was a one nil the game. I mean, like, what do you, I mean, so I feel like that is a, a pretty strong feeling that like this Madrid era is, you know, it's not like this 
super memorable era, except that they keep winning the Champions League. Yeah, like well, when they won the the 10th one, right? They won the 10th one. It was like La Decima and it was like a yeah. big deal. It's like amazing that they've won 10 Champions League. Now they've won 14 and it's like just clicking them off like it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, what is like, what does that mean? What should we take away from that? Is it, is is this good? Like, are we just underrating what they're actually good at? I mean, they've won five Champions Leagues in the last decade. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I do think we, uh, I, I do wonder like if we'll like look back uh, and say, wow, somebody like Luka Modric or somebody like that, Benzema, was like, didn't get enough love for this era uh, because they were just overshadowed by Messi and Ronaldo and this run of Champions Leagues like demonstrates that they're bona fides in some kind of way. Um, so, I, I mean, I think there is something to that, yeah. I think that it doesn't mean that they're the actual best team in world soccer half the years of the past 10 years. Um, so there's also that, right? Like, I, I don't think it's a perfect measure or something like that of, of, of how good a team is. So, um, but like, the, like, in some, some sense, it doesn't matter. Like, the point is to win trophies. So yeah. they're doing it. So who cares what the, um, like, what yeah. FIFA rates them or something like that. Like, I don't know. Like, who cares who, what the narrative is? Yeah, who's the best? Like, blah, blah, blah. Who's the most dominant? Who's the most super team? Like, whatever. Right. Who cares? Like, they go home with the silverware. So um, it's kind of the, uh, the like, uh, what's the, the phrase? Um, you run around, chase a ball for 90 minutes, and then Madrid wins right. at the end or whatever. Yeah, um, It's basically that, right? So uh, all credit to them. I mean, that's, I, I think that's all, that's all I can say about it is, like, I don't think it changes the way I think about those players. I think a lot of the guys who have been there for the entire run, like, are, I, I don't know how, how to term this in, in soccer terms, but, like, first ballot Hall of Famers Yeah, would be my, you know, like, Ramos, Modric, Benzema. Like, yeah. maybe before this, or, like, if they hadn't won all these Champions Leagues, those guys would be like, oh, yeah, they were very good in their era. But because they've won all these Champions Leagues, they had this team success. Right. It's kind of like playing on the Patriots, maybe, like, in, when they've had this success. It's like, yeah, yeah, maybe the individual guys aren't that great, but, like, once you win a bunch of titles, it's like, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I think are. of it as, like, the the Celtics of, like, the 60s or whatever. And, like, just kind of these dudes who are, like, sort of random players you look at their stats and they're like oh yeah they're okay casey jones though eight-time nba champion he like you know averaged like 12 points and four rebounds but he must have been doing something well because he won eight champions and was like a starter and yeah it's like i, I mean I, that's like that's a perfect analogy i was actually thinking about them to recently because of the current celtics and uh being all these talked about in boston right now and uh another thing that it tells you is that these guys are the champs every year, or they're, I mean, in this case, champs half the years, and they still think you're good enough to be in their starting lineup. Yeah. Right? They never replace yeah. you. Right? Yeah. They could. I mean. But they never do because you're so, you're so in, integral to their success. And even if you're not putting up stats or you're not a big name or whatever, you're, you're, fucking, you're awesome. Yeah. 
So I, I feel like, I mean, the three guys who have started, I think, in all these Champions Leagues, or at least have won all of the Champions Leagues, uh, are uh, Modric. I feel like everyone, 2018 World Cup, that was his real, like, coming out party of like, oh yeah, this guy is absolutely elite, even if he's maybe not, you know, a huge goal scorer. Yeah, he's won and a Ballon d'Or. Like, so. Yep, yep, but like, everyone's like, yep, he's great. Benzema, I feel like since Ronaldo left, everyone's like, oh shit, like, Benzema, he actually can do everything. He can score goals. He was just like a very, whatever, gracious player or knew how to play second fiddle. Everyone knew about him. In this final, for me, the guy who really stood out and someone who I honestly never thought was that great is Danny Carvajal. Right back. He's just like dude who goes out there. He's not very flashy. He often was paired opposite Marcelo, who like is very flashy. Also a great player in his own right. Marcelo now on the bench, Carvajal still starting, just totally locked down Luis Diaz. I walked away from that game being like, this guy is seriously very, very good. And I've been underrating him for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. Yeah, that's probably true. And I mean, he's been in a back line with a lot of other guys who uh, are big names. Yeah. Yeah. Ramos, obviously Marcelo, you already mentioned, but you know, over the years, Pepe, um, Varane, like who are, yeah. I would say always been bigger names than him back there. So, I mean, that's the deal when you play for Madrid. It's a perfect example of what I was just – of Casey yeah, Jones, exactly. right? They like, could, I mean, it's like more true in, in world soccer than any other sport where, yeah, Madrid could easily go out and just spend $30 million on a right back and probably have over the past 10 years and just realize like, oh, actually this guy is, is better. So, anyway, congrats to Madrid. Uh, stop winning because it's, it's kind of boring. We need other teams to win. Uh, we'll come on to that later in the silly season section. It's a little, it's what you call a teaser in the podcast game. Uh, little men's national team chat. Uh, before talking about the U.S., we will talk a little bit about their opponents. Uh, today, the group was confirmed. Wales beat Ukraine one nothing on an own goal. Uh, Ukraine earlier in the week had beat Scotland three one to qualify. Just as a reminder for everyone, these games were postponed due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um, Colin, you know, I think we can, we can, you know, spare a thought for Ukraine, obviously like super difficult situation for, for that, you know, group of players and country, but from a U.S. men's national team perspective, um, how do you feel about playing Wales and would you have preferred to play Ukraine? I mean, from a, I hope we win the game perspective. I think Ukraine is an easier opponent. I, as from a fan perspective, I have no interest in playing against Ukraine. I don't want to be rooting against Ukraine in any sense right now. Like, that doesn't sound fun at all. Uh, I like to demonize and make the opponents faceless, nameless, faceless, you know, like bad guys. Uh, and that's hard with a, a team like Ukraine right now. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad we're not playing Ukraine in some sense but I do wish they had made it to the World Cup in another sense. So kind of a bummer there. Um, I don't think Wales is that good, though. So it's not like uh, we needed to dodge this bullet and we didn't, and now our group got that much tougher. I think either either one is about the same. So um, <clears throat> the most interesting player on, on those two teams is Gareth Bale. He'll be there for Wales, obviously. Um He'll cause us some problems. He'll probably score a goal against us. Uh, but, you know, 
I, I don't really care. Do you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a pretty good way of putting it. Like, I it would be hard to root against Ukraine, and yet, much like everything involved with the World Cup, I just do the opposite of what I think I should do. I mean, we all should be boycotting this World Cup, but I'm going to be watching as much as I can. Uh, that may make me a bad person. I've just come to live with that. So, yeah, from like a moral quandary perspective, it's a lot simpler now. And I don't think whales are particularly good. They're effective, but I still feel like we should be able to beat them. Uh, I feel like we should be able to get out of this group. This doesn't make me more or less likely to, to feel that way. Um, I don't know. What, like, do, do, you, do you think that the U.S. gets out of this group now that we know who we're playing? Um, I think I can't remember what I said before. It depends on how, you know, how much I've been drinking probably the, the day that it was announced. But like, I feel like this is a group we should get out of. We're the second best team in this group probably, but um, I have no confidence in our group of players or our coaching staff basically. Um, so I think it's entirely possible that we don't like, it's not like some kind of, Oh, we should nailed on thing. Like, come on. I expect us to like, I know I expect failure. Like, so, uh, it doesn't make me feel any different there. Like we could, we could definitely stumble over Wales or Ukraine, Scotland. I would have felt a little better about quite honestly. Yeah. That is a team that I feel like does not threaten, does not score goals. Like just is not quite at the level. Um, so if they had somehow snuck in, that would have been great, but it's a, Either way, it's a team that is like a half a step lower than us yep. in a lot of ways. So, if, if you had to literally bet your home, would you bet the U.S. getting out? No emotional hedge here. You're either going to keep your home and be very happy, or you're going to lose your home. Your life is going to be in shambles. What wow. Wow. Um, I guess You're, I... You'll have to live in the, in the little cart that says Smith Family on it. <laughs> the whole Smith Family in the beach wagon. <laughs> Luckily, it's got that adult weight rating. Uh, I think I bet the house we make it out. Yeah. I like it. I do. But, man, I don't feel good about it at all. Yeah. So, I mean, fortunately, this is a hypothetical. Oh, I'm scared there. I didn't realize so, this is a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've talked to your mortgage people. We're, we're going to keep your name on the house. Um, other stuff with group opponents. Uh, England, odds-on favorite to win the group lose one nothing away to Hungary in a UEFA Euro League match or whatever it's called. Uh, Colin, are these your heroes? Are these your group champions? I mean, I still think yes, they are, first of all. But, yeah, they are. I mean, this is one of the reasons why, and this, this was my real narrative, actually, now I'm remembering it, when this came out, was that England was the best part, part, part of the straw for us because there are some teams where the U.S. playing them it's an automatic three points for the other team. There is no way we are taking points off of Brazil at a World Cup. There's just, it's just never going to, I mean, I'm not saying never like in 20 years, yeah. but these teams. We're betting the house on Brazil. We're, we're betting, betting the house on Brazil. on Brazil. We're feeling good about it. Uh, Germany. Still, we're way. still like, going bowling. We're still yeah, going bowling. <laughs> we're still going bowling. Good point. Um, but like, there's a bunch of teams like that, or maybe four or five teams like that. England is not one of them. England is a team we can take points off of. We could totally draw with England. No problem. Like, we've done it before. They're very flawed, like, just like us. Um, it's a roll of the dice. Yes, the dice is weighted in their favor or whatever, but it's totally a roll of the dice. 
and that just shows that like to the nth degree is like they they are that way and we'll see what what team shows up yeah they, they could also beat us six nil like totally they could beat us six nil yeah yeah i feel like the range of us of that game is like us winning by two or three goals or us getting absolutely pounded. absolutely yeah yep. it's a nice nice you know eight to nine goal spread for yeah things that could happen which is which is fun uh iran is the last team in the group they were going to play canada but then politics happened and the game got canceled uh so they're not playing any games right now as far as i know so that's i think that's good for us uh yay yay politics um the u.s has had a couple games recently uh last week wednesday uh we had a nice little 3-0 win over morocco uh looks like the scoreline flattered us a little bit but we had a Beautiful goal from Aronson off a just incredible assist, touch and assist from CP to God. Uh, well, I'm back calling CP to God after this yeah, assist. after that it was, touch. It's fucking nice. Uh, kind of a fortunate goal from Wea. Just hit the ball really hard and the keeper missed it for number two. And then CP to God draws the penalty. And Haji Wright, in his first senior cap, converts the pen. Uh, so, Colin, 3-0, CP to God looking good. Morocco is like a solid team. Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling after this one? I mean, this is like the high uh, of our abilities. Like, this is why we can take points off England. Like, I'm not worried about that in some ways. Like, if we played like that, or if we, you know, if Christian played like that, quite frankly, like, he can he can beat anybody. Um, obviously, on the first one, you're not, you didn't describe it really, but it's a ball over the top and kind of like over the top of his head where it's a very tough control, and he takes it down like, like it's the easiest thing in the world, puts it right on yeah. his right foot sets himself up and then you know he's 12 yards from goal with a defender running full speed he can just cut back and do whatever he wants from there and he chooses to cut it back to Aronson who finishes um I would point out about that Aronson goal it's a simple finish but uh the part that you know I give Aronson a l- credit for definitely but also is like um a damning indictment on our number nine situation I would say is the fact that when that ball goes over to Christian uh Aronson takes off from midfield and runs past Ferreira, mm-hmm. who is like kind of, you know, running, but not sprinting towards the box and ends up on the end of the pass. Right. Um, and that's just like, I don't know. It's a great hustle play and everything, but yeah. to have very your number in play, but yeah, it's a great Aronson play, but to be like, it's the um, believe in him thing. And it's like, it's the, the best player on your team by miles. Like, if yep. there's anybody you're going to believe in, if anybody you're going to make that run for, it should be that guy. And to have only one guy, like, see that or, I don't know, be willing to make the run, like, of course you yeah. should be. It's not late in the game or something. It's 20 minutes in. Like, you got to make that run. Come on. Yeah. And it, it just reminds me of, like, I remember there was a meme a few years ago of Holland um, where he, they, they just show him making, like, an 80-yard sprint to get on. I don't even know if he scored a goal, but it just shows him like sprinting from his own penalty box to like the other penalty box to like try and get into some space and how he just ran by everybody. And it also showed he was very fast, but like, that's probably the best striker in the world right now. And it just shows that, you know, a lot of it is just working your ass off to get where you need to be for that tap in. Cause yeah, like you exactly. said, once you get there, easy goal, but knowing when to run and then doing it and believing in your teammate that is the hard part and 
you know, I think this kind of highlights two things. I'm just going to say real quick, the Uruguay result, 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, a lot of decent chances for both teams. Defense was a bit of a mess for us. Uh, Son Johnson started that game with some big saves, uh, and Cavani should have scored at the end. That's my Uruguay summary. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because in both of these games, Barrera had, I would say, you know, one or two pretty good chances, like chances that over the course of two games, when your striker has one or two good chances in each game, you'd want them to come away with the goal. He did not come away with any goals. You know, it just feels like the number nine position is still wide, wide open. And it's, yeah, it's definitely a little, a little concerning. Um, and then on the flip side, I think Aronson, who's been playing on the wing for so long, he played centrally in both games where previously he's played centrally and I thought not looked very good. And in both of these games, I thought he looked very good. Um, just really buzzing around, like getting on the ball, playing dangerous passes, being in good spaces. And I think, you know, just getting more reps or whatever it is in Europe playing centrally seems like that's where his future is going to be. And it's an interesting question of like, how do we get him on the field? But we also have this, you know, Musa McKenney Adams midfield that seems to be locked in. So like, where does he, where does he fit in this world cup? Yeah. I mean, I agree that, uh, I don't think Moose is locked in, basically. Um, I think he's still a kid, and uh, it'll be horses for courses in three games, in three, in, not in three days, but in a short period of time. Yeah. And <clears throat> you'll see both of them play a lot of minutes. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's great that he played in the center of midfield. I mean, I'm, I think the bigger point is I think Ferreira got an audition. He had had a bit of an audition before. I'm trying to think what competition it was. Uh, I think he got some starts in World Cup in qualifying. qualifying. But I think they were more like against uh, in kind of like the, you know, easier games at home. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, basically, I, I'm just going to say, like, he, he wasn't great. Um, I'm not saying that other guys have been great recently, but, like, he just failed this test. Okay, fine. We move on. Um, but... It is what it is. You're still, you're still looking. So yeah. um, that's, that's a takeaway for me. The thing that's me. tricky, I think, for me is, like, both Ferreira and Haji Wright have been playing really well at club. Like, I think Ferreira's leading MLS in goals. Haji Wright had, like, 12 or 15 goals in Turkey. So it's like these guys are scoring goals in other teams. And granted, yes, it's only been two games here. But it's just – it's not really clicking. Um, so, again, it's, it's like normally you'd say, okay, you know, your, your starters aren't working bring in whoever's the hot hand and like that's what we just did and it's still not working so the search the search definitely continues um the other thing to note i would say is at center back you know miles robinson is out uh walker zimmerman started both games with aaron long long i think played 45 minutes in each game and then uh cameron carter vickers got 45 in the morocco game palmer brown got 45 today versus uruguay seems like that's pretty open but maybe Aaron Long is like uh you know the sort of presumed favorite of this group uh Chris Richards is also in the mix but he's out injured Colin do you have any dog in this fight not really I mean it's the Miles Robinson injury is just depressing kind of I guess in this situation like I know 
I know my, for, for Miles Robinson, like he's a he's one of the class where it's like, okay, they'll mature in twenty twenty six, and that's when we should really be good, and that's on home turf and this whole thing. Um, so I don't want to like uh, go too hyperbolic with this, but it just sucks. Like that guy really played himself into the role, and then you know got injured at the the wrong time. So that sucks just from his perspective, but also from the U.S. men's national team perspective where it seemed like he, we had kind of figured this, this thing out and now it's, it's kind of back up in there um, and at a position where, you know, rotating and having some inconsistency is like less tolerable. So um, it sucks. Um, but honestly, like we didn't give up a goal in these two games. Yeah. I mean, so, I was gonna like say, how like, bad could it be? I was going to say it's hard to imagine like two games where we gave up more chances and didn't give up a goal. I mean, not that it was, it, it wouldn't have been six. You're going to give up chances. Like, yeah, but like they're again, like just playing the odds there, there should have been a goal or two across these games. Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of expected goals across these. Yeah. Games. It's, it's not like all as well, I would say. Yeah, and you know, that's true. Some of that may be the midfield. Some of it may be the defense, whatever. Uh, but it's definitely a little, a little concerning. Yeah. I mean, um, whether, yeah, the performance of this game, I guess is, that's true. Like it's concerning either way. Like you have a starting center back go down, like it's going to be concerning. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, that, I mean, that's true. You're, you're not going to figure it out overnight. Um, one other U S men's national team thing uh, today, they released the letter and sent a letter to, I think all Congress members and senators calling for stricter gun laws. Uh, we love player power. We often call for player power, especially when it's used for good. We also this love is. stricter gun laws. We love stricter gun laws. Um, I mean, Colin, I feel like in the last couple months, the men's national team has, has put out this letter. Uh, they've, you know, agreed to equal pay, uh, you know, with, with the women's team. Like, should we, should we be, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about getting too happy about this. I think is what I'm trying to say. Should we believe that these are good human beings? <laughs> the, the the actual players on the field. Um, I think you got to take them uh, on an individual basis. Uh, I I don't think we can speak collectively about the players on the field by any one of these uh, actions. Um, I will say oh, I'm gonna get this wrong now. I just don't have this in front of me, so this is gonna be. You know, well, let's say sixty percent correct and forty percent ish. Correct, yeah, forty percent made up. But uh, like the there's a position in the executive realm of US USSF uh, that this week I think it's the CEO, which is like not actually the top guy because the top guy is the president, or the mm-hmm. which is now a woman right now, right? It's um, yeah. What's her name? Carla. Yes. Uh, but that guy uh just retired like moved on he's a career um you know front office soccer marketing blah 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 guy and he stepped into that role um in the post carlos messy era right where there was uh equal pay lawsuit and all these things outstanding and i just read a thing about him moving on and it was like since he's been there the two years it's like settled that new CBA on both sides. Now we got this equal bonuses, this thing now. It's like, if you think about where we were two years ago with the Federation, like how much you and I <clears throat> and yeah. people like us hated that, hated everything they were doing, how ridiculously 
bad it was, like with the, um, lo- like whatever that was, the legal stuff that came out of them saying like the men's job is harder and that's why the women don't get equal pay or like some just yep. terrible shit. It's like, yeah, the they've really done a halfway decent job. Like they've had some halfway decent leadership over the past, I don't know, eighteen months or whatever. I'm not saying that this guy moving on is the reason why. Um, I don't know yeah. if he is or not. It's just like, oh, yeah, in that time period, actually some good shit has happened. Um, and we haven't given any credit to that because we're so used to saying that they're idiots, which I'm not ready to walk back yet. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's two wins in a row or something like that for the USSF. I don't know. It's good. It's good right now. I don't, yeah. tr- I don't trust them, but it's good right now. Read on that. Um, all right. Anything else on the men's national team? Um, yeah, I mean, I would just like to say I, I think we're too negative right now. Just like maybe it's the questions you're asking, Mike. You're asking us to hope. I'm asking you to hope. I'm, a, I'm saying, look, if I told you we were going to play Morocco and Uruguay and we were going to get a pretend four points out of that, you know, one win and one draw, You'd say, well, that's pretty good. Morocco and Uruguay don't suck. And we beat one of them and drew with the other. That's pretty cool. That's good. That's good. That's a good World Cup tune-up. Uh, so, yeah, that's what, that's what I think of it. It's, like, it's a good World Cup Who tune-up. Who are you and where's Colin Smith right now? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Taking that Taking off your pop filter, you're giving me hope. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's, that nece- necessarily means a good World Cup. But you can only, you know, beat the teams that are in front of you. You can only take the step that you're able to take now. And, like, yeah, we're still a ways of, well away from the World Cup. These are friendlies, et cetera, et cetera. Caveat, caveat, caveat. But Kristen Pulisic looked good. We scored goals. Uh, I don't know. We have a – Haji Wright might be a new striker. Kristen Pulisic likes him. They used to be roommates, apparently. That's good. Uh, like, I don't know. There's there's something there for me to chew on at least. That's not always the case, right? You've you've convinced me. I'm hopeful, and we will win the World Cup. As Palmer, <laughs> Palmer texted on Wednesday, uh, there's a couple more games. I think this week, uh, God, who we're we playing? I think we're playing El Salvador and Caribbean country in the Concacaf. Oh, that's league, right. Yeah, yeah. It's I, called Saint Vincent so, Grenadines, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's not a not a powerhouse. It's not even like a Jamaica level team or a Trinidad. Uh, Granada is who we're playing. Right. So, Granada home, El Salvador on the road. Uh, you know, those would be a couple other chances to run out some players, but decidedly lower competition. Uh, but not friendlies. So you know, we'll see what happens. So we got those. We got two friendlies in September, and then the World Cup. So not far off. Um, but really this whole pod is, this has all been a preamble up to this point onto the things we really care about, which is silly season. Uh, and when Palmer is away and to a lesser extent, Dan is away, the boys will play. We're going to do a little silliness talk. Let's get into it. Uh, there's already been some moves, Colin, probably the biggest move so far, uh, early in Holland rumored to be leaving Borussia Dortmund is leaving Borussia Dortmund. Going to Manchester City. You uh, think it's boring. Not a shock. I mean, 
there's only what maybe five clubs he can go to. Correct. Uh, I'm thrilled he's not going to Bayern because I'm tired of Bayern just taking all the best players in the Bundesliga. Yep. Uh, just on principle. Um, and so that you know that leaves like Madrid, Barcelona, PSG, City. You know maybe United or Liverpool or whatever. I don't know. There are, it, to me it's all like kind of boring. Uh, you know it's there's just not a lot of sexiness. I I think it would have been cool for him to go to like. I don't know, Italy, go to, go to Inter Milan or something and just see what you can do there. But it was, it was never going to happen. I think he was probably always going to go to the premier league. His dad played in the premier league born in England. So, you know, it is what it is. I, you like the move though, right? You're excited about it. Yeah, I do like the move. Cause I like him. I, like you said before, like, uh, about him watching him have this 80 yard run. Like I like his game. I like watching him score goals. He scores all kinds of goals. Uh, he seems, uh, I don't know, like he has some personality um, and not in like, a, I don't know, not, so I'm not someone who's on social media a lot. Um, so I, I, I don't count personality if it's just like you just have personality on social media. You have to have like personality in your game, in the way you play, in the way you emote after you score a goal, like that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think he's got that. Um, so I think he's, he's got a little bit of different to him. Um, so I really like that. Um, it'll make for fun watching. And I think, um, I, my own personal narrative of maybe this isn't just me, but, uh, it's certainly what the one that I hang on to like tightly of like pep teams and Barcelona and what he wants to man city to be is like, 10 players who ping passes and then a number nine who like finishes everything. And that guy doesn't have to link up quite so well. I think Holland can, but like he has to be like the other guys can all be five foot four and like just be really good with the ball. And then you have to have one guy who's like six, two and can, can head the ball in and run through the wall and like do, do everything else. And like when he was in Barcelona, he signed Zlatan to be that guy. He only had him for a year, but um, Sam Eto is also a little bit like that guy. Um, I don't know who else he's had like that, but I mean, Lewandowski. So. Lewandowski, yeah, perfect example. And uh, and I think Holland fits that role better than um, certainly Gabby Jesus um, or anybody who's had at Man City. So I think uh, I think that what I just described uh, can work really well for that one guy. If that guy stays healthy, plays thirty eight games in the Premier League, and just turns in crosses from. Kevin De Bruyne and yeah. Mares and Sterling all day. Like I think he could score forty goals, like or whatever. Like he yeah. could score a stupid number of goals. Yeah. So I want to see if he can. That that's like a fun narrative to me. It, I mean, it does feel like if if he stays healthy, he will lead the league in goals like every year, basically. Uh, but that's like a that that's like a uh, a big shout, like to be like. Oh, this guy will just come into the Premier League and lead the league in goals every year, like because the Premier League is so good and that there are so many superstars. And it, my warm up yeah. for Dan was like a bunch of different players, like yeah. you know, a, a lot of great players play in the Premier League and don't lead the league in goals. It's tough to score. Yeah. So that's true. Uh, he's also only twenty one, which is just still crazy because it yeah. feels like he's been around for a very long time. Um, but you know. So that's that's is what it is. Uh, the other kind of big summer move that is now confirmed is Kylian Mbappe 
not going to Madrid, not going anywhere, staying at PSG. Colin, you think this is very boring. I do think it's really boring. This is like he's just staying in his comfort zone stuff. Um, I mean, whether I want him to go to Madrid or not, I don't know. Sure, I guess I do. But, like, again, wherever he lands is going to be kind of boring. Um, but, I, you know, I just it's more fun for me if he leaves PSG. I never watched PSG play against Nice and Lyon and yeah. whatever. We Other now, places in France. Yeah, on a week, like, uh, you know, that's not, I'm not watching those games. Like, I'm watching him a few times in the Champions League. That's it. Um, I guess it makes sense for him. Like, maybe he wants to stay and play with Messi and Neymar and score 40 goals a year. But, like, it's boring. That's just the yeah. most boring outcome, for sure. I mean, by, by all accounts, it seems very likely that the reason why he is staying is because of money, which is, you know, why most professional players do most things. But... I think it's not boring in the sense that he's from Paris. He gets to keep playing in Paris for like his hometown club, even though his hometown club is, you know, owned by yeah. people from another country who are billionaires. Uh, and, you know, I think at some point PSG will win the Champions League. Uh, and it would be fun to have their best player when they win be a guy from Paris, as opposed to just a collection of stars from around the world. So I think I mean, there's there's not a lot of like excitement when you get to talking about top level transfers for all the reasons we've talked about. There's just only so many places they can go. And I feel like keeping them here, it also prolongs the transfer speculation because it will not die. So it just means we'll get to keep talking about it. So for those reasons, I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll forgive him if he ends up being, you know, Gigi Buffon and plays for that big uh -huh. club for 15 years and then goes back to Monaco and plays the last two years of his career in Monaco or whatever, like mm -hmm. totally. Then this is all, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm on team Killian, but if he just like holds out, he just goes next year. No, I yeah. wish he would just go now and, and, and you know, turn the crank more often. Like let's have him in Madrid for a couple of years and then <laughs> Bayern for a couple of years and whatever. That'll be more get fun. Into, get him into Everton for six months. Yeah. Um, a few other lesser lesser confirmed moves. Uh, Tony Rudiger on a free to Real Madrid, uh, remnant of uh, reminiscent of David Alaba last year going to Madrid from Bayern. Uh, our favorite Philadelphia Union former player Brendan Aronson signs for Leeds, and then when I just saw uh, Ivan Perisic, Croatian international, he's getting up there, but he moved to Spurs on a free. Uh, thoughts on any of those? Oh, thoughts on all of them. Uh... I'll just do Aronson and That's Perisic. That's why we're doing this section, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Aronson, uh, love to see him at Leeds. He, re he reunites with Jesse Marsh, uh, another MLS guy. Uh, Dan, Dan thinks he won't even get five goals and assists, which is ridiculous, which is why he's going to have to give me socks after the end of next year. Yeah, I mean, I think if he stays healthy, he should get that. Um, no problem. Uh, cause he'll play, he'll probably play on the wing there. Uh, I would assume it could, I mean, maybe he plays at a 10, but either way he's, he plays advanced enough that he's going to get that. Um, even though he's not he, or like hat for club has not been, uh, super productive. Um, but I, I think that's, that's more an anomaly than anything. He'll get the, he'll get the ball plenty and he'll get plenty of chances. Um, but yeah, he's got to stay healthy. You got to stay in the lineup, but with the price they're paying him, I think 
Jesse Marsh is going to give him plenty of playing time. Um, excited. I'm excited for that one. I think uh, he, I think, I think I've said before, maybe on the podcast that he fits unlike maybe Josh Sargent, but maybe Josh Sargent fits this a little bit, but he fits well for a team that's not going to have the ball a lot. He's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Like we already just yep. gave an example of that in the U S men's national team chat. Um, yep. He will do the hard yards, and that's what you have to do if you're going to be successful at Leeds or a team in the bottom half of the Premier League. So I think he's a good fit in that sense. He's not just the best guy Leeds could afford or whatever. Yep. Um, and then even Perisic, I agree with you. Like He's a, a guy who has had like a ton of success that maybe like our, we don't give enough credit to. Um, because he's done all, most of it for Inter um, in Italy in general. I think before that also, maybe after that too, has been in Italy. Um, but is absolutely a top, top player. And is only 33. Like, he's not that old. Um, so Spurs getting him on free, I think, is a, a great signing, basically. Um, I think it does also show you that, for me at least, also like, as a fan of a team whose transfer budget is minimal, uh, right now at least, um, I'm hoping we spend that basically on guys like that, like get freeze of guys who can who can perform rather than yeah. spending. Like I, th- I think there's actually value to be had there um, because those guys are like basically so cheap right now. Rudiger and Perisic being free, I mean, obviously you have to play, pay some kind of big salary for these guys, but like those are guys who you know top level performers whereas teams are spending a lot of money right now on guys who are 20 years old and and might may or may not be premier league players like um i would much rather see my team go get three parasitches than one 20 year old who may or may not be good yeah yeah i mean it feels like kind of when an nfl team signs a running back who's like 28 or 29 where it's like yep he could still have a few years left or he could be completely spent and he's going to be washed out in a year but it feels like a good gamble for no transfer it's like go for it what do you have to lose yeah i mean and also i think when you're the type of team with spurs probably have these players in their history as well but like for everton it's not hard for me to think of guys who were that guy and then were great for us gareth barry was that guy for us and was great for us for like three years. Um, so when you think of like, oh, we need to plug a bunch of holes, like let's go get those guys. That's, I mean, I don't really know exactly how Spurs lineup is shaking up and like who's going to leave and blah, blah, blah on Spurs. But um, if they're plugging a hole with that guy, like, fuck yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it seems like a good guy to have, like, you know, scored in a world cup final, just like let him be in training every day and show you what a professional looks like. And has played 200 games for Inter or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, now just really just the cream of the crop, the rumors. Uh, just really, really where the smile gets ear to ear on my face and Colin's face. Uh, can practically touch and we're, you know, thousands of miles apart. That's how big our <laughs> smiles are. Uh, I'm just going to run through these two and, and just let you comment on them. You know, don't, don't mind how true or ridiculous they may be. Uh, Sadio Mane confirmed to be leaving, leaving Liverpool. Uh, I feel like 
it comes up every once in a while just how little money he was making there relative to other players. Like he was making less than um uh shit, who's the guy they signed from Arsenal who never plays? Uh hyphenated last name. Oxlade Chamberlain. Oxlade Chamberlain. Yeah, like Oxlade Chamberlain is making more than him, which is which is crazy. Stupid. Yeah. Uh yeah. Stupid from Liverpool. <clears throat> so he's rumored to go to Bayern. He said he'd rather go to Marseille than Bayern or Barcelona or Real Madrid. So maybe he'll go to Marseille. Uh, CP to God, rumored as a potential replacement at Liverpool. Uh, McKenny Rupert to Spurs. 18-year-old U.S. keeper. Uh, Gaga. Gaga Slonina, uh, rumored to be going to Madrid. They've made an offer that's been declined by Chicago Fire, where he plays now. Uh, Robert Lewandowski leaving Bayern, rumored to be going to Barcelona. And then I just put a little Everton corner in there because I love you so much. Uh, what are your thoughts on these or any other transfer rumor that's out there right now? Um, I love the Mane to Marseille rumor. That's like, uh, I hope it happens, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yeah. But I just like the narrative around Mane also is that he's like a really good guy. Um, and I like the idea that he's like, I mean, I don't, I feel disrespected here at Liverpool by the money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to Marseille because it seems like nice to live there. Like, <laughs> Just trading one seaside for another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, no, okay, cool. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. You like their shirt colors? Like, whatever. Cool. Um, that would be, yeah, like you wanted Mbappe to go uh, and go to Newcastle or whatever. Mane to Marseille would be interesting for sure. Um, CP to God, I don't think is leaving Chelsea really. I mean, I, I guess you can't really, they have new ownership, right? So like, who knows what, what's what, um, but it, it just, it doesn't the, seem likely to me. The is rumor it, is that he's the, the new ownership is at least American led. I think it's, you know, a big consortium, but American led and that they want to, you know, promote him to American fans. So seems less likely than maybe it did before. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It it just also it feels like he's done an or he's got enough chances or done enough there, even though uh maybe he hasn't been what they would have hoped for for the money or something like that. And obviously he's been injured a lot, but it doesn't seem like he's failed spectacularly enough that they'd really be pushing to move on from him. Um, McKenny to Spurs, I do like. Like that would be. I mean, to the Premier League, I'm gonna see him more. So. And, yeah, I think him going to a new destination seems reasonable. How long has he been there? Maybe two years. I think two years. And he was – I feel like he's constantly being rumored to get sold, and then, like, the manager will say, like, no, he's my number one midfielder. And then there will be a new rumor, and then the manager will come out and talk about how much he loves him. So this is one where – I mean – Ideally, I'd actually like him to stay at Juve. I mean, it'd be fun to have him in the Premier League. We get to yeah, see him a lot so. more. But, you know, Juve, despite kind of being down the last few years, still like a humongous club. Uh, and would be fun to have him stay there because eventually they will get back to being really big. And, I mean, they're still playing Champions League every year. Yeah. But, I mean. You're right. It's probably better is, for Weston McKenney to stay at Juve. Like, yeah, but, I mean, going to Spurs is, like, not a terrible move. Uh you know, he's not going to break in probably at like a Liverpool or a City. So going to kind of that tier two team and, you know, of those tier two teams, I definitely like Spurs more than all the other ones. So I like it. Gagas Lonina to, to Real Madrid is hilarious, first <laughs> of all. 
he's 18 years old. I mean, he's apparently really good. I've seen him play about once. Uh, seemed good, but he's a keeper. So, like, kind of, you know, consistency is the name of the game. Or, like, uh, yeah, just not making mistakes. And, like, how do you know that about a kid who's 18 and has played right. 20, uh, 20 professional games? I don't know, something like that. Um, so I think it's wild that they're, that, you know, Madrid is coming in for him, um, which seems like it's true, but obviously it means he'd be going to Madrid B. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad the fire rate themselves over Madrid B or whatever. I think they can get more money for him if they let him play some professional games and build a resume. Uh, I think that's that's right. Like all parties are correct in, in not making that <laughs> that sale work out. Um, but I think that's cool that he has that upside. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would like a situation for him where he just plays somewhere. Obviously like he's not going to play for Real Madrid, uh, next year. He's, he's definitely not there yet. So if he goes there and they're like, yeah, we're going to run you at Real Madrid B for a while. That's probably okay. Or like, we're going to send you out for two years on loan to Celta Vigo or some other random Spanish team. That's cool. But like, just, you know, having a plan for him, not like, I mean, it would be hard to be 18 and to be told Real Madrid wants to sign you and to say no. It takes a lot of like mental strength to do that. But I don't know. It feels like probably not the best move for his career. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is that you could get loaned to Celta Vigo and then Celta Vigo, you know, cycles through a manager and then the next manager doesn't like you and yeah. blah, 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 well, or whatever. Like, you yeah, know, you I mean, just that, have less control happen, of that it. That could happen anywhere, right? Yeah, but uh, not at Chicago Fire, sure. right? At Chicago Fire, you're still going to be the guy. Um, so I think when you're 18, like, it makes more sense to be playing games. And if you go somewhere else, like, go somewhere else who, where you think you are of the quality where you should be playing games and you can win the job. Like, Celta Vigo, I'm, like, I mean, I don't know, really know, but, like, is he good enough to be a lower uh, La Liga keeper yet? I don't really know. I don't think that's I, likely, basically. He'd have to be walking in a situation where somebody really needs a keeper. So that could change overnight, right? And you, then you're kind of stuck there or whatever, maybe. So, and obviously your guards are going to make it harder on yourself by leaving. He's from Chicago. Like, you're leaving your hometown and going somewhere else, and then you have difficulty blah 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 it's going to be so hard so i i don't think that's the right way to challenge yourself i, th- I mean right like when we've talked about this before for uh young men's national team players uh we, like brendan aronson's path is like the ideal yeah. right like, like stepwise stepwise and when he where he was landing at um salzburg it was like yeah they like to move guys on after one or two years and at the time uh jesse marsh was the manager you were like yeah and an American manager who has like familiarity with the player, like this is perfect. This couldn't be yeah. easier for him, right? Um, to go to Europe. So just there's no rush. Wait for your, you know, wait for your moment. So very smart. Yep. yep. Agreed. Um, Lewandowski to Barca. I love. I don't think it'll work. I feel like he will go there and it won't work. He will not ever hit the highs he's hit. It. At Byron, which have been incredibly high. Yeah. But I, I don't mean, even think he'll come close. I feel like, you know, he'll score 20 goals in a year and Barca will finish like second to Real Madrid. But it's a fun move. Is I he, think, is like, he really going to go, do you think? 
I mean, I think he basically has come out and said, I don't want to be at Bayern anymore. Yeah, I saw that. And um, I know Barcelona, like, you know, they were. Javi said that he wants him. Yeah, he was basically like, oh, yeah, he's he's an option. So to me, that seems like a likely destination. If you're a human being, why would you not want to live in Barcelona? Seems like a great place to live. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, again, it's like how many places could he go? So he can go to seven places. Yeah, I mean, is he that? Is he that young or that in demand? Like, because he's probably like the reason he doesn't want to stay at Bayern, right? Is because he wants a five-year contract with certain salary, mm-hmm. and like, would other places really give him that contract? I think is yeah. the question. So I think it's more like. um yeah, I don't know if it's, it's the same. It's not the same. My point is only that it's not the same calculus as like Erling Holland or Kylian sure. Mbappe, where it's like everybody wants him, everybody of that tier wants him, and would let, let, like you know clear the spot in their lineup. He needs a certain fit where yeah. um, the team's but, willing to spend for him, but except I mean, the fact that he's whatever. He's old. old. He's he's thirty thirty three. He'll be thirty four in August. So he's he's not young. He's he's nearly washed age. But his last three years. <laughs> have been the most productive of his career is, you know, it's not like he's showing signs of slowing down. Obviously when you're playing for Bayern, you're going to score a lot of goals. Um, so yeah, maybe there's 12 teams that he could go to instead of 10. And then if he flames out, then all of a sudden, you know, he ends up at Everton or Leeds or something else, but MLS, that's where he ends up. Maybe, but anyway, I, think I mean, if he I flames out in two years, he's 35. Like I think MLS is where he ends up, but, uh, I, but but I also think he could be on like the Zlatan trajectory of, like oh yeah just forever. a big a big dude who's still like a really good target forward who still can score you twenty goals a year, and you know sure. that's that's still useful. So sure. I, he, I he does have the uh, like what we were talking about for Brendan Aronson thing like the movement is very good. Yeah, like, you know you're, he, that anticipation is he is in the top two or three guys in the world like. Yeah. And just finishing, like he is a good yeah. finisher. You know, his he may get a second slower on his movement, but if he gets a half yard, you know, maybe before he get two yards, now he gets a half yard. He's still probably going to score. Yeah. So, uh, anything on Everton? Any rumors we should be tracking? No, Everton have no money. Uh, literally, they've said like any money that um, any signings are going to have to be balanced by guys going out. Um don't have that many guys go who are like anybody else wants um <laughs> so it's just rough it's just rough at everything it's like you go you barely don't get relegated and like there's not really a path towards uh changing the team i mean i say all this i think the one that's actually going to happen fairly soon is um james tarkowski i think that's the that's the guy um burnley center back yeah burnley center back yeah so, uh, I mean, but that's like, to me, it's been a revolving door in, in center back, like with a bunch of guys who have been like, oh, okay, but not, not a rock back there. Like Michael Keane and Yerry Mina. And so I don't have some kind of great, I don't think he's that great. Like maybe he's more of what Lampard wants in a center back, I guess, but you know, not confidence inspiring. Like that's basically Michael Keane, like, you know whatever, however many years ago we signed him. So, yeah. And 
I mean, signing center back's probably good for your team, but doesn't exactly get the blood flowing. That's true. That is true. Yeah. But better than nothing. Um, go ahead. Nothing. I got nothing. I, I, I was just going to say, you know who's still at Everton? 22-year-old striker. Pedigree. He's, he's played for Juve. He's played for PSG. Moise Keane. I totally forget about him. Yeah. Like, he, you should be able to sell him for like 15 or 20 million and go reinvest. Where was he on loan this year? Juve. He's back at Juve. Yeah. Um, Didn't seem like he was exactly killing it over there. Yeah, he's uh, he has not blossomed the way one would have hoped. For a while, it was just at Everton that he wasn't looking good, and now it's kind of everywhere. Um, but I, there was uh, certainly an anticipation that we'd sell him at the end of that loan deal, and now they don't want to pay the price that was agreed with. I can't remember what it was, but 22 or something like that, and it's like they only want to pay 15. I can't remember what the numbers are, but yeah. so it's it seems like that will actually still happen. Like they'll just compromise and get the deal done. Um, but yeah, I agree. That was a player who, when we signed him, I was very excited about. Um, and now, you know, is, is a nothing player. Um, I think in this off season, um, the big reckoning for us, or some, one of the big reckonings at least, will be Dom- Dominic Calvert-Lewin. There's been some rumors that he wants he wants to go, or that other places in the Premier League are want him. He's still very young. Um, now has somewhat of a proven record of scoring in the Premier League, but did not look great for stretches this year, and also was injured again this year. Um, so there's st- so also like a healthy contingent of Everton fans who are like, "Good, get rid of him. Like he's not. He's what, you know what's he's your number for him. We sh- yeah, we should get rid of him because." I don't know. I actually, I don't think we should tell him. Uh, when he's injured, we struggle massively because Richarlison is not a, like a central striker um, and he's our best attacking threat. So he needs someone to play off of and he needs to play not between the center backs, basically. He just kind of gets beat up there. Um, so uh, I, I don't like the way that selling... Calvert-Lewin changes our attack unless we were to oh, we would bring in another number nine who would be of that echelon and like that's ridiculous we will not do that yeah so uh, I don't think we should sell all right um Colin when we started this podcast it was light here now it's decidedly dark this is not one of our shorter podcasts mm. but I will say it has been a pleasure every second of it we could do silly season for another two hours. Yeah, we may we may have to meet up in the middle <laughs> to see where things are at. Just do a, a a weekly silly season update for the listeners out we there. We should do it for those uh, who are still listening. Yeah, we'll do a pod where we don't invite Palmer and Dan, and they're very thankful we don't invite them. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Bye.
Um, this is a bourbon, Tennessee whiskey, a rye. We're just we're doing it. We've got audio that most people would kill for. Luckily, they don't have to because we're just giving it to them. We're giving them that sweet, sweet audio. Cliff would love this. Um, I generally do whatever Cliff tells me to do. So, right, three, two, one. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's two people. There's, I mean, you really hit the claps. There's a little bourbon lag, I think, on that clap. Oh, yeah? Sorry a about that. A little bit of a bourbon lag. That's okay. <laughs>